This episode of the Me Suite includes no profanity, but it is a heavy topic that may not be appropriate for small children. Welcome back, Me Suite listener. I'm Donna Peters. I'm an advisor to executives and next generation leaders who strive to be both career oriented and life minded. The Me Sweet podcast is a forum for how to lead our lives with more purpose, planning, and power, like C-suites lead the companies we most admire. The C-suite wakes up every day focused on three key decisions. Number one, are we living our own core values? Number two, is everything running smoothly in our day-to-day? And number three, how do we as individuals stay fresh and relevant for the future we desire to have? You get the idea. We each need a C-suite mentality for leading our own lives. We each need a me-suite, a source of power for the life-minded. Let's get in there. On today's episode of the me-suite, we're going to talk about the one thing, the only thing, that truly unites every single human being on the planet, regardless of your race, religion, sexual orientation, where you are in the world, your socioeconomic status, etc. The one thing, the only thing that truly unites every single human being is the fact that we will not be here forever. And for the largest part, we don't know when our time is up. And so today is a topic that we are orienting around the chief legal officer of your own life concept. And how in the me suite are you the chief legal officer of your own life? I have with me here today, Sarah Wachko. Sarah is a lawyer. She is a partner at Hill & Wachko, and they do conscientious estate planning. Sarah has a law degree from Wake Forest. She is a certified elder law attorney. I thought it was very interesting to see that Sarah's background as an undergrad was in psychology and philosophy, which she probably brings to her job every single day as she's counseling clients. And I think we have an awful lot to learn about a topic that no one really ever wants to talk about, but now more than ever we should be, whether you are 24 or 54, we all need to be talking about estate planning, long-term care planning, what is going to happen if we aren't here anymore. And not to be morbid, we're just trying to be extremely realistic in the me suite. So I personally have had a lot of unfortunate situations. I have had to manage estates of someone that was dying and we knew he was dying and we had a chance as a family to talk about it, but it was difficult. I have had a very unexpected death in the family that the person who passed left all of the proper documents and I felt it was a true, true gift to have all these documents handy, but it was difficult. I have also had to manage the estate of a relative who unfortunately committed suicide and left no documents, and it was difficult. So I have a personal passion around this topic in the me suite, and I know it's not the easiest one to have, but I love learning from Sarah, and I think she brings a very uh, refreshing tone to a difficult conversation. Welcome, Sarah Watchko. Thank you. Very excited to be here. So I think we called this nerding out. Is that right? (laughs) That's what we call it in our office when we get excited about estate planning. All right. Well, we're going to get excited about (laughs) estate planning for the next 15 or 20 minutes. 
So, Sarah, you do know I start all of my conversations with the thing that matters the most, which is core values. Could you start with your core values and share with the listeners how they've shaped your decisions? Absolutely. The first thing that comes to mind that's probably my most fundamental core value is being kind and respectful and exhibiting empathy. Mm. And that drives a lot of how we run our estate planning practice in that to us, from our side, this might be one of hundreds of clients, but we realize to that particular client, this is probably the biggest thing in their life that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And we're a growing business. And as we grow and you get busy, there are there is less time to to have those special touches with people, but we are constantly thinking about how we can treat our clients the way we would want to be treated if it was us. Mm-hmm. I believe very strongly in our ability as human beings to take control of our circumstances. Uh, You mentioned my background in psychology, and I first Mm -hmm. became interested in it when I was in high school. I read Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, which Uh. remains probably my number one favorite book. Frankl was a Holocaust survivor. He spent time in a concentration camp and went on afterwards to study psychology, to be a professor of psychology. Um, Mm -hmm. But Frankel said when he was in the camp, the last of the things that they could take from the people in the camp was their ability to choose their own attitude in any given set of circumstances to choose their own way. Mm -hmm. Paraphrasing there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've always thought, well, if he could do it in that context, then we can do it in any. No matter what, estate planning contemplates situations that we don't want to think about. Mm -hmm. But we have a responsibility I believe, to take control. And we can take control and not just be the victim of circumstances. Yeah. How old do you need to be to start estate planning? Honestly, people can and should start thinking about it when they're 18. Wow. And how much money do you need to have to start thinking about estate planning? You've got a bank account. Okay. (laughs) Even if you don't. Yeah. Um, Beyond just the financials, estate planning covers decision-making abilities. So Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily just who's going to be in control of my assets or who's going to inherit my assets. It's who can make decisions for me Mm -hmm. if I cannot. Uh, And you do or do not need to have children to start estate planning? Do not need to have children to start estate planning. Yeah. So I think the theme here is it doesn't matter how old you are. It does not. It does not matter how much money you have. It does not. It does not matter if you're having to worry about the future of children. We all as individuals, 18 and above, need to put attention on estate planning. Absolutely. Okay. So let's jump into that conversation. Sure. And I think probably the easiest way to start the conversation is you live this and see this every single day. So if you could think of the top lessons of please don't do this. (laughs) What would they be for the listeners? Don't stick your head in the sand. (laughs) Okay. People don't want to think about these things. And the younger the client, the harder it is. Because we help clients of all ages. We have 18-year-old clients who are signing a power of attorney so that someone can handle their finances, legal affairs for them if they can't. I'm signing healthcare directives so someone can make healthcare decisions if they were in an accident. But I have found with younger families, even those who have children and and have a really, really important need to plan, they don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. They don't want to deal with it. Even in our family, 
we experienced this when my husband and I were talking about insurance Mm. and making sure we had an adequate amount of life insurance and then talking about disability insurance, Mm -hmm. which I learned we're actually more likely to be disabled than we are to die at this age. And we were not covered and we both work outside the home. What would happen? And it took us years to be able to really sit down and face that. Mm -hmm. So I understand that it's difficult, but again, estate planning is about taking control. The future is uncertain, but there are things that are certain and that's our ability to make a plan. Oh, I like the way you said that. And I do believe it's a realistic conversation and I respect that it's very difficult and I can only pull from experiences. My mother-in-law left perhaps the clearest healthcare directive I've ever seen. It was so clear on exactly what her wishes were. It left no debate for the family and different members in the family had different ideas about what they wished would happen when she couldn't make her own decisions, but the directive was always the source of the truth. And I continue to refer to that specific healthcare directive as the greatest gift that she gave this family. It is a priceless gift. And when we're talking to clients about this type of planning, like you, when they've gone through it with Mm -hmm. a family member, they always say that I am so thankful Mm -hmm. that mom told us what she wanted so that we didn't have to decide. Yeah, I have type 1 diabetes and I've had this conversation with my husband. Mm -hmm. And frankly, it's not that I care that much. Pull the plug. Don't pull the plug. I won't be conscious. It's Mm -hmm. okay. But I know that that's a decision that he would have to live with for the rest of his Mm. life. And I want him to know that it's okay, whatever he does. Right. So certainly an amazing gift. Mm -hmm. What else is on your please don't do this list? Please don't do it yourself. (laughs) Okay. Um, We have... A culture where do-it-yourself is is praised and it's exciting. Do-it-yourself home improvements. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe that's not a good idea. Not in my house. <laughs> not in my house. <laughs> Estate planning is not a good area for do-it-yourself. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. It's not just a set of documents that we pull out of a box and have you sign. It's a plan. Mm-hmm. It's putting a plan in place. It's talking about how your assets are titled, whether there's beneficiaries named, tax implications, creditor implications. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to it. The, the most valuable part of what we do is the conversation that we have with clients talking about their values and their goals mm. and what they want their legacy to be, yeah. what they want it to do, and then guiding them. The document is kind of the final culmination of that. Yeah, Getting it in writing, putting it on paper. So when you don't have that part of the plan, it doesn't always work out like you intended. Yeah, and interesting, you mentioned the word values, that you start in the conversation with these people's values. What do you mean by that? We spend a lot of the time with our clients talking about them, what type of work they did or do, Mm -hmm. their children, what their children do, what's important to them. Mm -hmm. And I feel that at some point they go, when are we going to start talking about the will? Uh, We want to make sure that there are necessary protections in place, mm -hmm. that whatever they want their estate to be or to do, that we can make that happen, that we can reduce risks. Mm -hmm. So it's it's about the people as much as it is about assets, property. Yeah. In the three estates that I have had to settle 
as the executor in the last two years, I incurred an inordinate amount of legal fees settling some things. So some people might think, oh, I don't have enough money to even bother to have formal estate planning. Well, the truth is (laughs) you're going to cost money for the people who are left behind or who are or who are having to manage if you were mentally incapacitated. So I, I cannot stress enough from my own personal experience how important it is to invest in that up front because you save it later. Absolutely. Sometimes the smaller estate is the more complicated estate. Ah, say more often, about that. Often. When there are significant assets, then you have resources to take care of issues. Mm. When there is maybe a home and there isn't much else in the estate, there aren't significant savings, and there's a mortgage on the home, there are utilities associated with the home, a person passes away, Mm -hmm. dealing with creditors, dealing with debt can become very complicated. Mm -hmm. The laws are very um, particular about how an executor has to do that. Mm -hmm. So when we have significant resources, that's usually not an issue. When it's a smaller estate, those types of issues can arise. And people might assume, well, it's a smaller estate. People are less likely to have a dispute over that. No. Right. (laughs) There is no minimum size of an estate that can start a dispute. And again, a dispute certainly leads to additional costs. The costs aren't just financial. They're costs of your time, Mm -hmm. of your energy, stress. I tell people, just like you said, Engaging in estate planning is an investment, Mm -hmm. a reasonable investment. You are worth it. Mm -hmm. Your family is worth it. I even would add to the list of uh, the potential negatives is also it's really easy to poison relationships for the people that are left to handle the mess. It's very, very stressful, as you said. It is. You have lost a loved one. Mm -hmm. That loved one might have been the glue that held people together, Mm -hmm. and now they're gone. Mm -hmm. There's family, there's money. It's a recipe for disruption in the relationship. And that goes back to why we spend so much time talking with people about their families. Yeah. That's something that we want to protect. Mm -hmm. Doctors have the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm. Mm -hmm. I say that to myself too. Mm -hmm. Do no harm to this family, or at least avoid it. To the largest extent you can. So we've talked a little bit about what happens if you are not here anymore, because we're never quite sure when our time is up. Can we also talk about there are moments in our lives when we may need assistance because we aren't able to take care of something on our own. Maybe there's a medical illness. Maybe there is an accident and it leaves you incapacitated for a certain period of time and you need people to execute on your behalf. Can you talk a little bit about that too? This, This estate planning isn't always about dying. Absolutely. Some of the most important work we do is about living when Mm -hmm. you're alive. If you are in an accident, Mm -hmm. if you are not able mentally to handle your own affairs, then Mm -hmm. a power of attorney document can name someone to do that for you. Mm -hmm. So for our younger clients, this is kind of a backstop, a tool you create and then put away and then it's there if you need it. For Our aging clients, it becomes much more realistic as people age, cognitive abilities may decline, they're more likely to have a dementia or Alzheimer's type diagnosis, Mm -hmm. and the power of attorney is the thing that allows someone to step in and handle really all of their affairs for them 
other than healthcare decisions. Mm -hmm. It's a comprehensive document. So you don't want to just go grab a power of attorney off the shelf and say, yes, we're good to go. There's certainly a reason to get professional advice. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. So we've talked about what papers we need in place if we aren't here anymore, a little bit about the types of papers we need in the event of an emergency and you need a little stopgap measure. I would like to maybe break this into different phases of life. Sure. If maybe we talk about that person who is, let's say, in their 20s. Yeah. And maybe hasn't or doesn't plan to have a family or doesn't have one yet. And then there's like this mid-career person who sits in the middle of taking care of aging parents and maybe a newer, younger family. And then the third category, which is maybe I'm thinking about retirement. My kids are adults. Would it be helpful if we break it into these three generational buckets and maybe those needs are slightly different? I think so. And that's kind of how our client base breaks down. Okay. While we recommend people be mindful of their estate plan throughout their lives, it's often a period of transition Mm. when they're triggered to take a look and either create a plan or make a change to their plan. So turning 18, having those first children, retiring, taking care of aging parents, aging yourself. These are major life transitions where one, we see clients coming in and two, we do in fact need to transition what we were focusing on. So for our youngest clients, it's often power of attorney and healthcare directive going Mm -hmm. off to college, who can make healthcare decisions if you're in a car accident, Mm -hmm. who can handle all of your legal affairs if you're in an accident, if you get sick. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are really important. Often, not always, but often there are more limited assets. So we don't worry as much about that financial legacy as the lifetime planning. Mm -hmm. When people have children... They have to start thinking about, well, if something happened to us, who would take care of my children? Who would the guardian be? Mm -hmm. What would the financials look like? Would they get everything when they turn 18? Do I want that? Typically not. Mm. When folks are retiring, if they have children, their children are older. So there's a a different conversation about, do we want everything to go to our children or our other relatives, other loved ones? Do we want them to have full control or not? Are there charities we want to incorporate into our plan? So there's a little more flexibility there based on the family circumstances. Mm -hmm. And And also, I guess, the decisions about do I want to be cremated? Do I want to be buried? Mm -hmm. Do All that's in there too. Absolutely. And And not surprisingly, our younger clients are less inclined to have that conversation, Uh find it very uncomfortable. The older folks get, the more comfortable they are Uh with that that reality, like you said in the introduction, that we all face the same fate. We just don't know when or how. But Mm -hmm. younger clients are certainly more hesitant to have that conversation. Yeah, I really am bordering on Donna Downer here today, but I, <laughs> I, I cannot stress enough how realistic this conversation is and, and embrace it when you have a healthy mindset. Absolutely. I lost a nephew. He was 25 years old when he passed. I lost another nephew. He was 17 and a half when he passed. My husband lost his father. The father was only about 42 My two best girlfriends in high school both lost their parents when we were in the 11th grade, so they might have been 39 and 42-ish or so. I have friends who have very serious illnesses who are in their 40s. So yes, I'm Donna Downer, but I'm just saying this is real 
people. And it, it's the thing that unites all of us. And so think, what could we all start doing differently on Monday to be more in control of our lives in this me sweet mindset? So you're giving us some things to think about. We'll find that um, sometimes our business owner clients are the worst estate planning clients because they are so focused ah, on that business. Interesting. They are all in uh-huh. with regards to that business. Crazy. But have perhaps neglected some of their personal planning. Yeah. Um, so getting them off the business page and on the personal page and aligned with the theme of your podcast, the Me Suite. Uh-huh looking at oneself personally and making sure we are giving the same amount of discipline and attention to ourselves as we are to our business or our career. Amazing. So I would like to close with a few thoughts, Um, one for me and one from you. And again, with things that we can start doing differently Monday, you know, it's practical advice. For me, it's go back out to your family and your friends and ask, what are they planning that you need to know about. So that might be you asking uh, a spouse, a partner, a parent, what are your plans and what do I need to know about them? And then also have that dialogue with your friends and family of what are your plans and what do your friends and family need to know about it? That's something that we can all start doing on Monday. You are the professional. What would you be advising people to do? Well, I'll say this. My father lives in North Carolina. He's okay. 71 years old. Okay. He came to visit this weekend. Okay. We've got two kids, three and five. So Poppy came into town and he had asked me that question a couple months ago. Wow. And he came into town with a folder uh-huh. and it had all of his estate planning documents. It had a list of all of his accounts, copy of driver's license, insurance policies, a key to the home, a mm. key to the safe deposit box every financial professional, everything I could need to know. And it was a simple little folder. And I thought, this is how it's done. Wow. This is what everyone needs. It's a gift. Mm -hmm. Poppy has given you an amazing gift. He has. (laughs) Thank you, Poppy. Thank you, Poppy. Be more like Poppy. (laughs) (laughs) So let me tell uh, listeners how to find you if they're interested. And I'm also going to direct them to some of your blogs, which I think might be interesting reading for people. So Sarah Watchgo, this is Hill and Watchgo, and their website address, if you're interested, is estatelawga, for Estate Law Georgia, estatelawga.com. And if you go to their website, you're going to see blogs on, I think, some very interesting topics. I, I took a, a look at these. One is on avoiding federal estate taxes. One is what happens when you die without a will. One is what happens when you need an emergency guardianship. Maybe you're incapacitated and need some money to take care of your affairs. Another one, long-term care. So it's a very interesting topics you can go and read in private. Maybe share them with other people in your life to read as well in case having the discussion is a little awkward. So I think a great resource. And I, I have learned a lot. And I hope people didn't mind having a little bit of a tough conversation here. And thank you, Sarah. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. I'm Donna Peters. Subscribe to the podcast, share ideas for future episode topics. Visit us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and at themesuite.com. That's the-me-suite.com. Suite like executive suite. That's the-me-suite.com. The Me Suite, a source of power for the life-minded. <laughs>